Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. So, dudes, Steve's doing a live workshop for you. I said dudes. You know, I mean dudes and ladies, whatever. I never know what to say these days. <laughs> so, Steve's doing a, <laughs> Steve's doing this workshop for you guys today. And I found out about it. I was like, I want to come just because I like hanging out with you. And I get to see your new studio. Yeah. It's super cool, dude. Well, it's new right now as of today. You loving that thing or what's going on over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Like I said, I can come here and I can focus on my work and not get bothered by anybody. I used to work at home and I love working from home, but it's nice to be able to actually go out to a studio and get my stuff done. Yeah. So guys, I think it'd be interesting. Have you told them the story about the studio and how you ended up, where you ended up? Just in terms of like, it was like a firehouse or something? No, I haven't talked about any of that stuff. If you guys would be interested in that story, let us know. It's not that great of a story, but it's, it's a story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story. not that great of a story <laughs> so if you have specific blues questions guys especially about soloing let us know we will try to answer them and today steve has a topic prepared for you and i don't even know what it is what is it steve well we're just like i said for the last two weeks we've been building on all these different things and what i thought i would give them today are some licks and i labeled it texas blues licks but you know how that goes. It's like Texas versus Chicago versus whatever. They're blues licks, right? I was kind of doing some research because I was thinking to myself, when people define Texas blues versus like Chicago blues, what are they really saying? And the general consensus is that Texas blues tends to be a bit more of a swing feel and it tends to be more centric on electric guitar, where Chicago blues will have more big band. It's more jazz oriented with horns and things like that oftentimes mm. harmonica different things like that tends to define a bit more of chicago blues i'm staying out of that argument i'm just saying blues is blues is blues but that's what i learned about texas blues isn't that crazy yeah i don't want to get too philosophical too early here but i actually think that this all of these types of descriptions and stuff are going to fade away eventually because if you think about the internet the reason that kind of thing used to exist is because the only way you could hear music is you had to travel to that state or that area or that region or whatever. And then you got to soak up that culture. But now you can be a dude in Sri Lanka and be an awesome blues guitar player because you have access to the interwebs. So I don't know. Anyway, guys, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Let's get on with it. Steve, thanks for having me today, man. I, I appreciate it. Let me jump on here with you. This obviously is about licks today, blues licks. Steve has a brand new course, if you guys are interested in it. It's called Creative Blues Soloing. And it's still on sale right now at guitarzoom.com. And it sold a whole lot of copies already. So if you're interested in that, I think there's some pretty cool bonuses that go with it. We always try to give some extra stuff the first time this comes out. This course has never been, this is not a recycled course. This thing is brand new. Steve just created this for you. So if you want to check it out, it's Creative Blues Soloing by Steve Stein, available at GuitarZoom.com. Guys, by the way, make sure you uh, post, your, post your comments in there as we go. Try to keep it blue-centered, not like, hey, why is the earth round or that kind of thing. Just keep it blue-centered, and Steve will try to answer some of your questions. All right, Steve, I'll let you take it away, my friend. 
Well, we just, again, we've talked about a lot of different things and I did show you some different licks trying to utilize the major and the minor and how we talked about all that in the last session. Actually, two sessions ago. Last session, we were talking about some phrasing ideas and things like that. Well, now what we're going to do is we're just going to start trying to add in some actual licks. So what I did was I just kind of went back and looked at some ideas that work for major and some ideas that work more predominantly for... Now, again, they're both for major 1, 4, 5, major 12-bar blues like we've talked about, but emphasizing the minor pentatonic versus the major pentatonic. So we've got some different licks to look at with that. And then I've got a cool thing that I wanted to explain to you, too, about how to... In the last session when we were talking about phrasing, I was talking about how you really need to be aware of the next chord that's coming. So I've got a couple of different ideas that I want to give you on, let's say you're moving from the one to the four chord. What are you going to do differently when you know that that four chord is coming versus just staying on the one? You know, maybe you're in the middle of a four measure sequence of the one chord and you're doing a particular lick. What are you going to do versus being on the last measure of that four measure sequence and now you know that four chord is coming? What might you do differently? So that's what we're going to be doing. So the first lick we're going to do, I was thinking about the Blues Brothers, and that's where this came from. And then I was like, well, Blues Brothers is Chicago, and it's the song is Sweet Home Chicago, and, but I'm doing Texas Blues. But anyway, I digress. So here's what we got is we're going to be doing this. Uh, so let's just look at that little idea there of this. That right there, that idea, okay? So again, we're in E, we're playing E blues, E major, but our solo is predominantly sounding more minor, but it's got combinations of both. So the first thing I'm doing here is I'm playing the 12th fret with my third finger on the B string, and I'm playing the 10th fret with my first finger on the high E string, and I'm sliding into it. Remember how we talked about all those voicings and how it's important to use bending and sliding and hammer-ons and all those things. We've talked about all that stuff. And again, if you haven't watched all of those live sessions that I've done, please go back and check those out because there's a lot of really good stuff there. Mm. So as I'm playing this, I'm sliding into that 12th fret, and then I'm just going to move back and forth, alternate picking. I shouldn't say alternate picking, but alternating between the second and first strings. And then I'm moving down and I'm playing the eighth and ninth frets of the first and second strings. So you see my shape changes. So I'm going from my first to my third finger, and when I move down, I'm going to my first to my middle, and then I'm gonna move down again, and this time I'm on seven and eight, so I'm using this exact same shape. And then I drop down, and I'm on my E, my root. So it's a nice way to just get to your root. And you don't have to play it the way, like, Sweet Home Chicago. You could just simply play, you know, something like that, and it would sound just fine. And then I just tagged it with this turnaround. So right there, I'm just playing four, three, two, and then a hammer-on from zero to one. And then I'm just adding in the first string in between. So you'll notice we have this da, da 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 It's that triplet or swing style feel that we talked about, which defines Texas blues, right? If you want to say that. And that's what we're doing.
and then I'm just leading into the five chord there by playing A, B flat, and then B. And then I'm in. Nice, dude. Yeah. Hey, Craig Duncan asked if we can get you full screen when you're doing your demos, which I think is probably a pretty good idea. Nobody wants to look at my ugly mug the whole time you're trying to show some ways. As a matter of fact, let me, let me try something here. If I do that, there. I don't know if that makes, if anybody can see that, but because I haven't tried these things before, there's all these little things underneath the screen so I can do different stuff. But now Dan should be small in the corner and I should be big in the, in the screen. Dan, small in the corner. That defines <laughs> yeah. a lot of my life. <laughs> <laughs> let, me know, let me know if you can see, because that helps me too, because now I can actually see myself. Otherwise, you get the wall going, hey. That looks good. That looks good. <laughs> I did see some people who said they already got the course, which is super cool. I'm curious. I'm always interested in people's stories. Guys, if you have a story, like what's your story as far as playing guitar? And why did you decide if you got the course, if you got the creative blue still in course, what made you do that? And what's the one thing you want to take away from it? So if you already got creative blue soloing, come back and tell us why you decided to do that and what you want to learn from it. That would be pretty, pretty cool. Bill Allen asked, I bought the blue soloing masterclass a while ago and does this cover more? Thank you, Bill, for your support. Do you appreciate that? Yeah, that's a good question. Do you get Are that? You me? Yeah, I'm asking you. What's <laughs> up? You asking? I mean, first of all, the Blues Masterclass. I did that one a little while ago, and I don't remember everything that's in the Blues Masterclass. But every time I make a course, I'm in the moment of trying to think of something that's beneficial. So I don't know that I can say Creative Blues Soloing is going to be exactly like the Masterclass. It's going to have elements, just like if you bought any blues course. It's going to have certain elements that are going to be similar. But the conversation and the approach of the lesson itself is going to be different because I'm always changing as well in the way I play and the way I think and the way I teach. And I've always been that way. So I can't say that they're exactly the same. What I would say is if you just bought the masterclass, just work through the masterclass, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you just bought it, don't go buying something else. Work through that masterclass. And then if you get done with it and you go, you know what? I think I should check out that creative soloing. Then that's a great time. But if you just bought it, do that first. Don't get distracted with something else. That's the bright light syndrome that we all, us as guitar players have is I start doing something and then all of a sudden, hey, look at that. That's fancy. Hey, that's shiny, right? <laughs> and I'm sure there's people like that on here as well. But that's what I would say is, is just hold on to your money and go through that masterclass. See what you think of it. If it works really great for you, you're good to go. If you think you need a little something else and you could always come back to this. Cool. By the way, guys, I know some people get really stressed out and overwhelmed about oh man, you know, this course is whatever. It's a couple hours long or something like that, Steve, whatever it is. And do you have to go through the entire thing? And do you have to like go through all two hours and sit down one time? The answer is no. <laughs> you can just sit down and watch 10 minutes of something and learn that lick that he just showed you like perfectly and then learn how to modulate moving into different keys. And guess what? You just spent a couple hours playing guitar and yay for you, you learned something new. So you right. don't have to go through the entire thing and stress yourself out about it. Well, and I would add this too. If you're an absolute beginner and you've never played blues before, I'm not sure blues soloing, creative blues soloing is what you'd be looking for anyway. We have a course called, I think it's called blues soloing or blues guitar. Yeah. I think it's called. And blues guitar starts at the very beginning and teaches you everything, what we've been talking about in all these last sessions, but to a much larger degree where creative blues soloing is based on blues soloing. So it's always already assuming that you know some elements of fundamental blues rhythm, blues playing, all that stuff. 
So if you're absolutely new to blues, I would definitely check out something like blues guitar more than creative blues soloing. The point of creative blues soloing was that I get so many people that are always saying, look, I understand everything, but every time I play, everything just sounds like I'm playing a scale up and down. That's the point, is always trying to break people out of that mentality. Again, we've been talking about it in these last few live sessions as well, but breaking out of that mentality and trying to find a way of being more creative and finding your own voice on the guitar, right? Not just, well, Stevie Ray Vaughan did this and Albert King did this and Joe Bonamassa does this, whatever it might be. Those are all great and we can learn from those people, but we still have to learn how to morph those ideas into something that we can access and we can expand, right? We have to be able to throw that out there when we play. And again, I don't mean to keep saying this, but we've talked about this in some of the other sessions where you have to absorb the information. It can't just be something that you've tapped on and you've looked at and you studied for 20 minutes and you got the idea and now onto a new idea. Because the problem is when you stream 36 different ideas together, the first 20 fall off the planet because you forget what you were even doing with them because you're constantly in a hurry for new stuff, new stuff, new stuff, new idea. And if you don't learn how to absorb it in your playing, and I spent years doing that when I was younger, I would learn things and then when I would go to jam with people, I couldn't use anything that I learned. I was using Yngwie Malmsteen as a perfect example because I love and have always loved Yngwie Malmsteen. I mean, I grew up when he was, when he was at the pinnacle of his career, he was just an amazing dude. And everything was harmonic minor. Well, I never played in harmonic minor. I mean, there might be a little bit of something in a song here and there, but it wasn't primarily based off of that. So when I'd go to jam with people, it's like, well, what am I gonna do with these licks, right? And that's where I started learning to be practical. I'm much better off, it doesn't mean I stopped learning Yngwie Malmsteen, but I started adding in things like, certainly at the time, guys like Angus Young, mm. Randy Rhodes, Jimmy Page, you know, a bunch of different plays like that. Joe Satriani was huge for me because Joe Satriani bridged the gap between amazing guitar players and practical playing because he could do both. And yes. so that's what I want you to be thinking about with creative blues soloing is it's really there to try and break you out of that rut. If you're not there yet, then you might want to try something else like blues guitar. Great advice, Steve, as always. I want to give a quick shout out and a thank you to Sharon Romano who just said, hey, Dan, I have your old blues course when you first started. That was, I think, almost 15 years ago. So, Sharon, thank you for being around that long. I am amazed and flattered. That was Blues Guitar Secrets. That was pre-Steve Stein. That was before I even knew who you were. Pretty cool, man. So, what else you got for us, Steve? Well, that was the first lick. The next lick, what we're going to do is we're just going to look at moving down. And again, very much a Steve Ray Vaughan thing buddy guy thing moving down in, into all of the licks that I'm showing you are in the key of E, if I didn't already say that. Because what makes the key of E so nice is you've got all these open strings, right? Because if you think about your minor pentatonic, if you're at the 12th fret, I'm playing 12, 15, 12, 15, 12, or excuse me, 12, 15, 12, 14, 12, 14, 12, 14, 12, 15, right? So it's all using 12s, which is an octave of the zeros. So that's the nice thing about being in the key of E is you can use those open strings like that. So this next lick is going to do that. So as I play, what I'm going to do is slide up from two to four with my middle finger on the third string. And then I'm heading over to the third fret, which always reminds me of have a drink on me. By oh, yeah, that's that sort of thing. Right? So what I'm doing is I'm sliding up 
Going to the third fret of the second string with my first finger. And then I'm gonna slide back from four to two on that middle finger again. I'm gonna do a pull off. And then I'm gonna go down to two. So I have. Okay. And then I can tag it with the same thing I did last time. I always think of these things as tags, just little add ons that you can do. Right? That little hammer on from zero to one that we did in the last lick. And I could go to that zero on the first string. Okay? And you can change the rhythm however you want. And you can change them up any way you want. And like doing just little things, little silly things. Like if I do this hammer on, I could in, add in the second string, the B string into that little roll as well, right? I don't just have to skip and go to the first string. I can do that as well. So just something like that. So you might be coming from this idea. And then drop into something like that, you see? That's how you can tie these things together. That is very cool. Is all of that in the key of E? All of it's in the key of E. All of these are in the key of E. Okay. So, guys, what that means is that you can use any of these licks in uh, standard 12-bar blues that's in the key of E. Okay. Does that make sense? Damon Bell says, I just purchased the Creative Blues Soloing course. Damon, thank you so much. I appreciate your support. I'm curious, Damon, what's the one thing that you want to get out of the course? Like, why did you purchase it? Like, what's your goal? And this is really important, guys. Whenever you're doing anything, you always have more a better chance of actually accomplishing your goal if you state it out loud and you have somebody, some sense of accountability. You at least tell somebody, and what better place to do that than right here? Just say, hey, here's the thing I'm wanting to, to learn. And it could be whatever. There's no right or wrong answer. Whatever your reason is, is, is your reason. But do share that with us and make sure that if you're not already a part of the Facebook community, and there's a whole lot of very supportive folks over there who want to help you in your guitar journey and be successful and, and to help you accomplish whatever it is that you want to do. So make sure you get over there and we'll get you approved and get in that private group, which is a pretty cool community. I know, Steve, you're pretty active in there. Yeah, I try and be, yes. Awesome. Okay, so he says his goal is to get past only playing the pentatonic scales. Which is another conversation we're going to have, too. Remember, we've already, I'm always assuming that you've all watched all the other live sessions. You've been here the entire time, which maybe you haven't. Of course they have. <laughs> uh, but if you have, we've already talked about somewhat about how to break out of just using pentatonic by combining them together. What we're going to do on Friday is we're going to talk about the modal perspective of that, of what you're really doing if you were thinking about it from do, re, mi, fa, so, la, di, do, from that scale. And again, it doesn't have to be complicating. You're already there. If you're doing what we talked about before with mixing major and minor, you're already doing it anyway. But I just want to make that connection. So if you're a person that likes to study modes or something, you go, oh, that's what I've been playing all along. Okay. So that's what I want you to be thinking about a little bit. Chet Olson says, I'm 10 years old and I can do this. So anyone can. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We literally have folks who follow you, Steve, from 10 to 110, I think. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So, awesome. Um, I saw there was an unrelated question about Play Songs, which is a membership that we have. And there is tabs available for all the songs in Play Songs. So just so you know that, if there's any questions about that, there's we just moved to a new 
site and everything's all nice and new and clean and everything like that. And if you do wind up running to an issue with something, please let us know so we can take a look at it. But there should be tabs available for everything that you do in there. So, okay, so let's talk about the next lick, what we're going to do. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to move back up into just E minor pentatonic up here. Again, use some techniques that we've talked about before, and they're all in the guitar course as well. We're going to be doing some what I call raking and punching. Now, when you do these things, sometimes it can get a little bit messy. Sometimes you get some noises that you didn't necessarily want or something. It's part of the nature of playing. The more you do it, of course, you get more comfortable with it. But so if I was going to... So like if I was going to play the 12th fret of the third string, there's two approaches I could take with it other than just picking the note. One is to rake it. Now I could rake downward, right? And remember we talked about that. I could use these fingers to touch those strings. So I get that sound leading into the note that I want. Or I could rake going toward the ceiling. And there I'm just using the index finger by purposely killing the first and second strings as well. Okay? And the next thing that you can do is what I call punching, which is... It's when you play funky stuff. Where you're really just beating on the strings and you're controlling all the strings at the same time. Okay, so they're not all ringing out at the same time. Sometimes you'll get something that'll ring out and it happens. Okay, so you could approach either one of those to play this thing. So all I'm doing here is, that's the first thing, is I'm starting off with something a bit more dynamic with that note. And then right there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play 14-12, 14-12 as pull-offs. But it falls off the earth at the end. It's not, it's not that kind of sound. It's, it just all of a sudden deadens as you get to the end. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And again, it's more of a dynamic thing that you got to get used to. So you got to practice it. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You'll hear guys like, again, Steve or Yvonne do this all the time where they'll play something. And it's like there's more notes afterwards that you didn't really catch because if you weren't really listening, it sounded like it was done. But then there's actually a few more notes that are happening afterward. It's a great little blues technique. And again, you can use it in other styles as well, but I definitely attribute that more to a blues sound. Mm. That... You know what I mean? So... Yes. And I might not even pick them. Yep. It might just be something very subtle like that. See how I'm either raking or I'm punching that note. I can do it either way, whatever I want. And then I'm adding a nice wide sort of vibrato to it. Something like that. Sounds really, really cool. So that's a great way to start that off is just... And then what you might do is follow that up with this, which is real kind of traditional in that thing. I'm playing two 14s on the second and third strings with my third finger. And then two 12s. And notice how I add that rake. See that? Now, I don't have to play two 14s and two 10s, or two 12s, excuse me. I might play two 14s and then just go to one 12, right? I mean, again, it's more of a feel thing than it is an absolute science. 
but you got to understand it first and you got to practice it. But so much of a lick like that is coming from my ability to execute it, not the fret numbers. See, I was a fret number guy when I was younger. That's how I played is you'd look at tab and it'd say 12, 14, whatever. And then you'd play the tab and then all the other stuff was non-existent. I shouldn't say I was that kind of player because I really wasn't. I grew up without tabs and I played by ear. And then when tabs came in, I used tabs when necessary. So I shouldn't really say it was me, but I've experienced that before. But it always starts with my ear and the availability of being able to listen to and sense what the phrasing feels like when I play. So, Very cool. Yeah. Isn't that, what did you call that technique that you were just doing? Well, when you smack the string. Yeah. I just call it punching the string. Punching and raking or something, what did you call it? Well, rake okay. is that, right? Yeah. It's almost like a sweep in a way, but you're not actually using pitches. It's yeah. just... When you're doing that kind of stuff. That kind of playing, it just sounds really, really cool. You hear that kind of where you're controlling everything, you're, you're getting that, and then you're playing a note where if I was playing, I always go back to Black Cat by Janet Jackson, which was Nuno Betancourt playing on that. That. That kind of thing where you just punch in those. It's got such a really cool sound where if you just played, it doesn't sound the same. So learning how to add those things into your playing. So as you're learning licks or whatever it might be, this, yes, this, I just showed you a lick, but more importantly, you're all the stuff that's going on inside there. So if you remember a few sessions ago, I was telling you how it's very easy to think that guitar playing is what's written Mm. on paper, but it's not. It's what's in between the lines. It's the stuff that's not written on the paper that really makes music sound like music. Absolutely. That's actually why I titled my first course 15 years ago, Blues Guitar Secrets. Because I think that these things that you're showing here, they're so nuanced, but they make all the difference from just playing the notes. So thanks for sharing that with us. Guys, if you want to learn this stuff, Steve has a new course. It's called Creative Blues Soloing. I want to thank everybody for already signing up for that who's... Showing your support, really appreciate it. That's what enables us to be able to continue to do things like this for you. I do want to mention some resources we have for you. We have a podcast that you should subscribe to if you're interested in this stuff. It is apparently doing quite well. It's something we kind of did as an afterthought, and there's a whole lot of people who are regular listeners to that thing. If you are a listener to that podcast, tell us what you think about it. If you would be so kind to leave us a review for that, that helps us get the word out about that free resource for you. It's called the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, and it's free on wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have not one, not two, but three YouTube channels, and we're posting to those regularly. It's Steve Stein Guitar Lessons. You can check that on YouTube. Also, you can check out the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel, and there's also a Guitar Zoom Songs channel. We teach how to play songs there. We have... What else do we have that's... Oh, we have all of these playlists for you. By the way, whenever we do these live sessions, 
we will take all of them and put them in a nice tidy playlist. So if you go to the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel, click on playlists, go over and there'll be a creative soloing, creative blue soloing playlist. And it has all the live sessions that Steve's already done for you. And then this one will be posted there after it's recorded. And then all the future ones will go there. And some of these playlists are three, four hours long of different, uh, maybe longer, five, considering how long the live sessions are. So all of that's there for you. We also have a membership where you get access to like 40 different courses. It's basically, if you want to join Guitar Zoom, it's right there at guitarzoom.com. This course is specific on creative blue soloing. It's called Creative Blues Soloing, and it's available right now on the sale price and a whole bunch of cool bonuses for at guitarzoom.com. And I do want to thank, hold on, that means where, 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 where to go? It was, all right, these things disappear so fast. Hmm. Anyway, some people had come back and basically people who had already invested in the course came back and said, hey, here's what I want to get out of it. And uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but his comment was that he wants to be able to express himself better playing his blues solos. Instead of, I think that gets back to what you were talking about earlier, Steve. Sometimes you can get in a rut of things sounding like a scale. And that's really what this course is about. And specifically with blues to help you get out of that scale oriented where things just sound well, not really bluesy, not really musical. That's what this course is about. So thank you for creating that, Steve. Guys, we've been on here for about 30 minutes or so, a little over. What else you got for us, Steve? First of all, there was somebody asking about an ear training course. We do offer an, an ear training course as well. Yeah, we've got one. One or two, for sure one. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, what we're going to do, this one it really, the lick is less important. It's the tag at the end of the lick, okay? Mm -hmm. So what I'm gonna do is here, I'm just gonna play bluesy lick, and this goes back to earlier stuff that we've talked about. Right, with that bend where I'm bending it, and I'm reiterating the note I just played. So I'm going back to that first note. And then I'm just coming down the scale, so I have. But then I end with, that thing right there. And what I'm doing is taking that 15 and just giving it a little push. Okay, so I'm not trying to bend it to a particular pitch. I'm trying to make it sound more like it would be a voice. Then I'm not really doing that. It's more of just a little. So I have. Okay? And the lick prior could be anything that you want. You might be building toward the floor, right? And you can throw that on there. So any kind of lick that you want. But you end with that thing right there, right? And then I might come off of that. And that goes into that chord chasing thing we talked about before. Or maybe I resolve it back to the root, right? It just makes for a great little ending. Very cool. Mm -hmm. The gentleman's name I was trying to think of is Rick D. He said, I want to be able to express myself playing solo. So guys, if you make sure that you, whatever it is you're trying to do, make sure you share your goal with a friend and tell them what you're trying to do. And they ask them to hold you accountable because I think we all need accountability. <laughs> It's easy to delude ourselves into thinking that we're making more progress than we are. But if you actually have a friend that can hold you accountable in, in accomplishing your guitar goals or any kind of goals, 
it always really helps to share that publicly. So if you got creative solo, or if you have one of our other courses, or you're a member of playsongs.com, let us know what it is that you're trying to accomplish. I love hearing people's stories and also let us know about the progress you've already made. One of the Facebook users I see right here says, I already have played blues guitar for life. Some good stuff there. So I know we have some people on here who dropped off because they said, I'm a beginner. I'll see you later. And creative blues soloing really is not for, if you're an absolute beginner, that, that's not the course for you. Creative blues soloing is about how to take your soloing with blues and be more creative with it. Okay. So if you're still trying to figure out how to play a G chord or play your first songs, we have better resources for you than that. Just go to guitarzoom.com and click on shop and then just go to the beginner section. There's some beginner courses there. So yeah, make sure that you get the right training for where you are right now. Okay, let's see, guys. Where should we go from here? Oh, Craig Duncan says, do you have a link to the podcast? I don't. So somebody could help us out and post that link in here. That would be super cool. Also, if somebody could help us out and post the links to the YouTube channels, that would also be cool. Or you could just go to YouTube and type Steve Stein. It'll pop up. Type Guitar Zoom into YouTube. It'll pop up. Type Guitar Zoom songs, and that channel will pop up. Make sure you subscribe to all of those because we're putting out new videos there all the time. And I think the podcast is like, it's a new section. It's a new podcast like every, very frequently. I don't know how frequent it is, but it's, it's frequent. And just full disclosure, guys, that podcast is it's basically the audio sections of videos that we pull out the audio and that becomes the podcast so it's not that sophisticated it's basically audio versions of the videos which you may be like well how's that going to make sense but we actually we met a guy remember the steep i don't know if you remember i think he's talking to me anyway the guy drove down to nashville and we did that live thing down there and he was a truck driver and he i remember him specifically saying that he would he had like a little dvd player in his truck and he would, that's back when we were doing a lot of DVDs and stuff, you know, and he would press play and sit there and listen to it as he was driving a semi truck. And he's like, he was just absorbing this material. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe we should just do a podcast of all these videos. We've got thousands and thousands and thousands of videos. So there it is. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate that. Cool. And there's the Buzzsprout link. So you guys know better than we do. <laughs> I don't even know what Buzzsprout is. I have no idea. I don't idea. even know what that is. <laughs> For anyone just wondering, if you're hesitating buying the Blues Guitar Mastery course, just buy it now. I finished it, and it's amazing. That's from Just Me. Thank you so much for your support, Just Me. Really appreciate that. And then someone else said to put the link to the podcast on the Guitar Zoom site, Darren. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate that. Guys, we really appreciate all of you and your continued support. And this community is just, it really is one of the things that keeps, I know, Steve motivated and, and me motivated as well. Terry Bloomfield, can we hear some acoustic blues? Well, Steve didn't bring his acoustic guitar today. Yeah. <laughs> we we have an acoustic blues course. Man, what was that guy's name that did that for us? The acoustic guitar player guy. The acoustic blues guy. What's his name? Mm, I'm sorry. I can't remember it now. Anyway, we have an acoustic blues course because that's kind of like a different animal. Acoustic blues is. So we turn that over to someone else Steve found. Okay. Where should we go from here, my friend? Okay. Well, I just have a couple things left. We're going to shift gears and move into... Steven Dahlberg. Thank you. What's that? Sorry. The guitar player with the acoustic course is Steven Dahlberg. Oh, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Dahlberg. That's yeah. the acoustic blues course, guys. If you want that, you can check it out at guitarzoom.com. Go ahead, buddy. Okay. So major pentatonic. We're going to shift into doing major now, okay? Versus the minor major thing. This is going to be based more on major. Nice. So... What I love to do is show people, like if you're playing, we learn that minor pentatonic, for instance, I would start with my first finger on the 12th fret. 
And if I wanted to play major, I would move back one, two, three frets. Now my pinky is on E. And that's my E major pentatonic. But we have to find a way to make it sound more real, right? So one thing that we can do with this is use some of the techniques we've talked about before with some sliding and jumping over strings. Right? So the lick I'm going to give you is going to come off of this idea. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to head up to the 12th fret on the first two strings, and I'm going to play those. And then what I'm going to do is a hammer on to the 14th fret of the second string. Which right there sounds pretty cool. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop down, I'm going to play on the 12th fret of the second string, I'm going to play my middle finger, and on the 11th fret of the third string, I'm going to play my first finger, and I'm going to do a hammer on now with my third finger to the 13th fret of the third string. So if I put those two little things together, you get more of that little wing, Lenny kind of. And then what I like to do is once I'm here, I can take that third finger that's on the 13 right there on the third string and just slide back a whole step and now I'm in that E major pentatonic position. And I can finish it up with something that I want to do there. Again, directing myself maybe toward the note E, right? Okay, so this is what I was talking about at the beginning. If I was going to do this lick and I'm on E for an extended period of time, once I move back into that E major pentatonic position, or whatever position you're in, I'm still thinking about the sound of E. And this is what I love to do. I've always told people, like, if you really want to learn how to play good major music, you learn Southern rock. Because Southern rock is based off Texas blues anyway. Mm -hmm. But when you learn Southern rock, it's got all of the classic things. When I listen to Lenny, or I listen to... Little Wing by Stevie Ray Vaughan, there's a lot of Southern rock elements in there. Obviously, we call it blues, but those licks can be used in all sorts of different ways. So when I drop back down, and I drop down and I want to play E, what I like to do is I'll drop down, and I'm not trying to get too deep on you here, although the course will go further into this stuff, but as I drop down, right there what I'm doing is I'm playing the ninth fret of the 5th and 4th strings, and I'm doing a hammer-on to the 11th fret of the 5th string. Notice how much of that double-stop stuff I have going here. And when I do that, it's making part of the E chord. So I'm always thinking about how if I drop down... drop into that and get that kind of kind of sound, you see? More of a chordal sound versus just playing just single notes like that. So anytime I play so I'm dropping down into the sound of this E chord. Now let's say for instance, because Again, right there, what that's creating is part of an E. I don't want to get too deep into that if, if that's above you, but just understand that. Let's say it was going to the four chord. Let's say we were moving to the A chord at that point. What I could do is take these two nines and that hammer onto the 11th fret of the fifth string and just move down one string, just like we do with our one and our four chord, right? When we're playing chords, we talked about that earlier. 
I could move down and do that right there, and I'm going to get the sound of an A. So if I came from here doing the E, and drop into that same idea, but on the third and fourth strings, I'm going to get an A sound. And then let's say it's going back to the E. I could drop down into that and get the E sound. That's so cool. Yeah, so you want to be aware of the things that are around you, not just the notes like we talked about earlier, the root, the third, the fifth, the dominant seven, or minor seven. Not just that, but the chordal shapes that exist on the fretboard as well, and you can follow those chords around. So you have to know chords across the fretboard. Like if you're just learning how to play E down here, or you're learning an E bar chord or something, this is a little bit above that, but you can watch this and steal the ideas, right? Because even these two notes are part of this chord. And when I do this hammer on, this is part of that chord. So I'm always just playing little segments or fragments of the chord. But then if it wants to go to A, I can drop into there. And then drop to my E. And then maybe the five chord comes up. Four. You see? So you start learning how to follow these things around, which sounds really great. This is something, I have a lot of pl players out there that I love to listen to, but you get used to thinking about chords. So if you've got an E chord being played, if I want to make it sound like a dominant seven, right? A comes up, so. comes up the five chord. A. You see, you try and follow these chords around it. It just makes a really great sound that doesn't sound like you're going. You see the difference? Mm. They're all the same. I mean, I'm adding a little bit of notes here and there just because it's the way I play, but that's the approach. So this is a great lick to learn how to play where you're just kind of doing this. Even if you just learn how to do that, or you're in your E major pentatonic, just doing that, right? Just little things like that that you can add to your playing. Super cool. Yeah. Guys, I see that the link just got posted there. Check out Steve's new course. It's called Creative Blues Soloing. The link is right there on the YouTube for you or on, on the Facebook channel. You can also just go to guitarzoom.com and click on the big old banner at the top that says Creative Blues Soloing. It's on sale right now at the introductory price. That'll end. I don't even know when it ends. <laughs> it's going to end at some point. Yeah, I, I'm not uh, sure. I haven't even looked, but there's also some cool bonuses right now with this course. So if you're interested in this stuff that we're talking about, it's all directly related to the new course Steve just created for you. It's called Creative Blue Soloing. Also, if you missed any of the previous live sessions, guys, don't worry. We're going to put all of these live sessions in a nice playlist for you on the YouTube channel. If somebody could post in the YouTube link of where the playlists are going to be, that would be super cool. That's going to be on the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel. Also, make sure you check out Steve's YouTube channel, Steve Stein. Just go to YouTube and type in Steve Stein. 
it'll pop up. <laughs> Lots of videos there for you. And also, we've been doing these live sessions, geez, I guess they're about six months now or something, Steve. There's a quite a list of uh, playlists there for you that we've, what's the word? We bring things together. <laughs> we put them on, <laughs> what? Accumulated? <laughs> Curated, curated. That's the word oh, I was looking for. Curated, accumulated, curated. We're getting too fancy here. They're on a playlist for you on Guitar Zoom's YouTube channel. So just go to playlists. There's a blues one. There's a soloing one. There's a blues licks one. There's a theory one. I know for sure. There's a beginner one, which I noticed they had a, a lot of views. A lot of people like the beginner playlist one. And of course, there's the podcast. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe. And what else? And we have a couple of memberships. We have playsongs.com. If you want to learn how to play songs, go to playsongs.com. There's the Guitar Zoom membership, the standard membership. I think it's $99 for six months. You get access to like 40 courses. I and mean, there's some upgraded levels if you want the masterclass and some other things. This new course on sale right now, guitarzoom.com. Lots of different resources for you. Also, guys, if you are a Guitar Zoom member, make sure that you get into the Facebook community. It's a private group. Okay, so make sure that after you become a Guitar Zoom member or, you, or if you purchase any courses in the past or whatever, just go to that link. By the way, could we get that link in here for them to be able to join that in case there's some people on here that like aren't members or whatever? Somebody knows the link to that. That would be awesome. Just post it in here. And then since it's a private group, we actually manually go and check and make sure that you're part of the group and, and a member. And that way we keep it nice and clean and we're able to take care of everybody there. But it's a really cool community. People are posting videos of them playing and their new accomplishments. They're holding each other accountable. They're being very supportive. It's a very positive community, which I think is, uh, which is awesome. And I attribute that to your positivity, Steve. You're such an upbeat guy. Really appreciate that. And also, I just want to say for the record, I'm not on all these things. I just kind of bounced in here today because I, I enjoy being with you, Steve. It's fun. <laughs> but Steve and I have been working together for, I guess, about is it going on 10 years now? Something like that? I was trying to figure that out myself when you said that the course was 15 years old. Oh, I mean, gosh. Well, I just I, turned 45 last week. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while that we've been working together. I know. I was in my 20s when I started this thing, so that's just like <laughs> a while ago. But, Steve, I do want to thank you for everything that you've done for Guitar Zoom, everything you've done for our community, everything you've done for me personally. Um, our relationship is awesome. And every day I get to wake up and come and do this and hang out with you and spend time with these cool people. It's a blessing. So thank you, sir, for everything. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. All right. Did you have anything else you want to share? Well, I think that's probably it. Maybe I'll give you just one other thing to think about. Cool. Not really a lick per se, but understanding that if we're going this major way, now we're playing in major pentatonic here. Maybe we would do... And you could do this with minor too, it doesn't matter. But learning how to use, for instance, that open first string and then playing on the B string. You can get some really cool sounds by doing that. So if I was playing more major sounding, it might sound something like... Right? and get those sounds. Or if I was playing more minor, then it's gonna sound more like that. You see? But it's got a really cool sound to it. And you can play the notes separately. You don't have to strum them at the same time. You could do 
something like that, right? Or if you're doing, again, major, you could keep it. The beauty of major is that you get all these wonderful chord sounds. Right, which always sounds really neat. So that's sometimes what I like to add on if I'm playing a lick, like something like that where I'm just If I add in that open first string on top, it sounds really, really nice. Remember, one of the things about playing is subtlety. It's not always just about an absolute lick that's whatever. It's learning how to manipulate the strings and the notes that you're playing to sound a certain way. Again, whether it's rock, whether it's blues, whether it's metal, whether it's jazz, country, it doesn't matter. But it's learning how to get that sound because you could look at this and think, well, it almost sounds a little country too, right? Because it has that kind of sound to it as well, and it does, right? If I add in... like the blues note, which we've talked about before, then all of a sudden it takes on a little bit more of that blues sound. Or add in the, the seventh underneath there. Then I kind of get that bluesy sound. So there's lots of different ways of doing that, but adding on open strings like that, certainly the first string is a really easy one to do. So cool. Wow. Guys, this has been super cool. There's lots of questions, lots of interaction going on here. It's just pretty cool. You guys are helping each other out here, posting links. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so the course is called Creative Blues Soloing. You can check it out at Blues at uh, Blues. You can check it out. Let's see, what's the website called? Guitar <laughs> Zoom. At Blues. <laughs> Creative Blues Soloing, available right now. On sale, introductory price at guitarzoom.com with a lot of cool bonuses. And I want to thank everyone for being here. Thank you for taking your time, which is your most valuable resource that you can never get more of and spending it with us. I am always flattered and want to be super grateful and make sure that we tell you how appreciative we are of you and your attention, your watching our videos, your support, your downloading the podcast, your sharing it with your friends. You just never know, guys, if you think that this might be able to help somebody or any video that you watch on YouTube, for example, that Steve's done or a course that you've taken from Steve that you've invested in from the website and you think it might be able to help somebody, please don't hesitate to share it with somebody. That's the biggest compliment that you can give us. We love reviews, which are awesome, too. If you haven't left, if you're part of the Guitar Zoom community, you haven't left a review on the course that you've taken from us, please go and, and post that. That would be awesome. And But do share. Share with other guitar players and other people that you think might be able to benefit with your other Guitar Zoom members, your experience. That would be awesome. Because you just never know. I've been doing a lot of thinking about this lately. Just crazy times that we're living in right now with this pandemic that's going on and all that. And there's a lot of people that are just not doing well in many ways. And playing guitar can be a wonderful escape from things and, and be a good hobby for you. And I actually personally know of someone who was part of the Guitar Zoom community, shared some videos that he had discovered that Steve had done with uh, a friend of his who had some problems in his life, some issues, some substance abuse and drinking too much and things like that. And 
he really got back into playing guitar and turned his life around. So you just, that's what we're doing. It's like, we're all in this thing together. So let's share the love if you feel the inspiration hit you. And Steve, thank you for sharing your time and your talents with us, buddy. Absolutely. Always appreciate you. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, guys. Anything else, my friend? No, I think that's good. Just as usual, check out the course if it's something you might be interested in. And most importantly, stay positive and keep practicing. Good advice. Hey, when are you going to do another one of these? Monday or something? I'll be doing another one on Friday. On Friday. Okay. So guess what, guys? There's another one of these coming. It's on Friday if you want to join. I won't be here, but Steve will be here. The most important thing. So thanks for letting (laughs) me come on today, Steve. I appreciate it. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get started then. So if you have your guitar available, great. If you don't, you can always watch this later. We're going to go through a bunch of this stuff. I'm going to compare what we did with major and minor pentatonic to modes, if you know anything about modes. Now, today's discussion is going to be a little bit uh, more involved than what we would normally have, but I'm going to try and make it as easy as possible for everybody. So even if you don't understand modes, maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from and how you can use this a little bit in your playing as well. Okay? So if you remember what we talked about before was we talked about how we could take either minor or major pentatonic, and we could play, let's say we're in the key of A and we're doing 12-bar blues using A7 and D7 and E7. And that, those, that's our 12-bar blues chord progression, and we're going to solo over the top of that, or we're going to create a melody over the top of that. So we could use A minor pentatonic. Or we could use A major pentatonic. To solo over the top of that. And then when we go to the D chord, the four chord, remember we talked about how you could continue just using A major and minor pentatonic over the E, you could continue using A major, A minor pentatonic, or you could call what I call parallel soloing, which is when it goes to D, you move, I shouldn't say move, you switch to the D major or D minor pentatonic, right? We talked about how parallel means we could take all of the ideas we're doing in A minor or A major pentatonic, we could move it up to D, so when the D chord starts, we could look at D on the sixth string here and play D minor pentatonic. Or D major pentatonic. Right? So we just parallel, we just took the, all the ideas from A minor and A major, and we just moved up to D and we did the same thing. And then we can move up to E and do the exact same thing. We can move up and do the same thing over the E, right? So we're just following the chords around. Chord chasing is what I call it.